When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. on a positively ghoulish episode of Horror Movie Night, we're going to talk about my classic 1953 film, The House of Wax. Uh, Did you happen to watch the wrong version? Because I'm a little freaked out right now. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) No, no, no. I watched the... so, So House of Wax... Right out the gate, we watched the House of. I mean, we watched the remake. 2000. Yeah, we watched the 2005 remake. Thank fuck. Remake in gigantic quotes because there ain't nothing that's tied to that original movie in this. Uh, which here's the thing with the House of Wax uh, remake. I think that it is an incredible 90 minute slasher movie that is brought down by being almost two hours long when it really does. Yeah. Not it has be. no right to be. this. Long. <laughs> if, you, if you are making a horror movie, I, you need to ask yourself one question. And that one question is, is this like an art house family drama slash horror? And if the answer to that is no, then your movie ends at an hour and 20. Just so long. So unreasonably long. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I'm, not, I'm not even upset about it because, like, yeah, it goes on too long, but you have a fast-forward button. I have a fast-forward button. Believe you me, I watched this. And <laughs> I, I did not watch this directly uh, for an entire two hours there. I, I, I paid three bucks, and I watched it in real time from Same midnight here. to 12 a.m. or to oh, 2 a.m. Wow, that's that's your own problem there, buddy. 
I know. Uh, well, I, I watched didn't it expect midnight. Aladdin to be as fucking long as it was. Well, and we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, so I had no clue that this was a Dark Castle movie. That kind of caught me off guard because I guess mm-hmm. in my mind the Dark Castle movies were all like William Castle movies. Yeah. Um, but man, what a strange introduction right out the gate with like the old footage of like a baby getting slapped inside of a high chair. Ah. Uh. Oh man, so I, I love the uh I love the start of this because it's like Oh, I I think I have a, a different now I got a different uh uh double feature for this because it just gave me a Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, here let me write that down. Well, good because I think you were most likely to steal what my current double feature is. So we'll right. see what happens. But yeah, um, some casual child child abuse at the beginning with that flashback. Quality. Fucking love it. Um can we just take a quick second to talk about this movie soundtrack is all over the fucking place. Uh, I don't want to talk about this fucking soundtrack because in the first six minutes we get Deftones and Disturbed. Yeah. And then the rest back. of the needle drops are like Manson. And But then there's also – so I looked at the soundtrack because – by the time that I had heard my fourth new new metal song, <laughs> I was like, is this an all new metal soundtrack? But it's way more confusing than that because <laughs> you've got like the Deftones and all that stuff. The lead single off the soundtrack, single in quotes, was The Prodigy featuring Juliette Lewis, the actress. What? Yeah. And what then song did she? What? This is so confusing I, to me. What, I have no clue. It's, I, I was... it's an all new metal soundtrack. For Until someone halfway that's, through, no, it's it's all new metal for a person scoring that only listens to Train, and it's like what they think new metal is. Yeah, well, it's, it's then, been a couple weeks since we made fun of Train. Let's make fun of Train some more. But then midway through the soundtrack, all of a sudden, the later half of the soundtrack is like Joy Division and the Stooges and like all this old seventies garage rock. So it's just really disjointed all over the place. And then they have the audacity. To end this movie and its shitty soundtrack with one of the best My Chemical Romance songs of all time. That, oh my god, I like Helena. I don't know if you noticed, but I said I watched this from one to two because I was in a delirious mo- like mood. And as soon as the credits started, man, did I sit there and sing along. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst that I could say? <laughs> Man, uh, that's still, I mean, we have argued about this in the past, but that's still my favorite My Chemical Romance record. Yeah. I mean, I really think that that and Black Parade are both really good albums regardless. But yeah, I mean, they're, oh my God, the songwriting at that like period in their career can't be touched. Nope. Um, so, so I want to, so I picked this and I want yeah, yeah. to apologize a bit because this is kind of a mean spirited movie. It's a very, so that's, that's the biggest issue that I have with the movie is, and I had a note written down and we'll jump, we'll jump into this topic right now, uh, even though it kind of covers two different moments in the movie. So Paris Hilton's in this movie and she's shockingly bad at this movie. Like even by like, okay, it's Paris Hilton in this movie. So I don't have high expectations. Like she's not believable ever in the, any scene, but supposedly during her debt, like, to advertise this movie, they sold shirts that said, watch Paris Hilton die on May 6th. And audiences cheered during her death scene. And I just feel like that kind of sums up. That, well, like not every theater, but like. No, I'm saying I saw this in the theater and I and and I, I, I nobody 
I mean, that was a heinous kill. Yeah. I just think that 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 little snippet alone kind of sums up the the mean-spiritedness of the whole movie. And it's not just this movie, my friend. In 2005 to 2007, horror was just really fucking mean. Yeah. Yeah. It was like not there was no fun to be had. It was straight. Let's just be brutal and dark and not fun. Yeah. Which I mean, there are moments. There's moments of gore where I'm like, wow, that looks real fucking good. Like, well, this movie for sure has some really good gore. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of positives in this movie, but I agree with you. It, I felt uncomfortable watching it, and like, not in the like watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre way, although this movie has a lot more in common with Texas Chainsaw Massacre right. than it has with the House of Wax. Oh, for sure. But like, just like kind of like, I don't, in, I'm not enjoying this as much as I want to be enjoying this. No. no it's I, not a bad movie. I like the visuals of it. I love the visuals of that melting house. That's really, mm-hmm. but it is just such a mean-spirited flick. Like I I I think there's only the I think this is the third time I've seen it and it's definitely the last. I have no interest in revisiting it just because it's not fun. Um yeah. I watched it twice and it was good to see it from two different perspectives, like seeing it as a 15 year old hornball that's just like I love Paris Hilton. Is she going to show You like Paris no. Hilton? At 15 years old, Yes, I loved everything about her. <laughs> did As you like, um did did you see One Night in Paris then or Yes. I mean, who didn't? She takes a phone call in the middle of having sex. The yeah. best part about that movie, <laughs> and I got to tell you, the best part about that movie, it, the porn obviously is um <laughs> this was the on the running fucking joke when I was in college cuz that was like I think that came out in 2003 or something like that. And um there was one point where she's blowing her boyfriend and then he goes, ow, bitch. And I, we both, my, my best friend who is a lesbian and I are watching it drinking and we both like turn at each other shocked face. And then she goes, oh, he loves her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the movie starts off with Paris Hilton and Elijah Dushku and one of the guys. From Elijah Dushku. It's Alicia not- Cuthbert. Whatever. Same Eliza Dushku. <laughs> so so here's the one thing I got to say about Elijah Dushku. <laughs> Eli- Fuck! Eli- Alicia <laughs> Cuthbert. The, the thing is, is that she's hot off the, the heels of the girl next door, where she is so mind-bendingly hot that you can't even, like, think straight. Yeah. And then they make her so bland in this film, and I love it. Yeah, she is very um, mousy. Meh. Yeah, which is fine. It's uh, it's but- good for the for the story. I'm just saying it's so funny because she was such a sex pot in the girl next door, which was probably the movie she did right before this. Mm-hmm. Which was a great movie. I, I like it. Girl next door. Yeah. Yeah, girl next door is one of the best like post '90s teen flicks that I can think of. Um, so here's the thing that this is the first note where I was legitimately confused. Like, really confused. So this group of kids are going to a football game. They camp out. Got it. A guy wakes up, and he goes, it's 2.30. And I cannot tell if it's supposed to be 2.30 in the morning, and it's super bright because they don't know what they're doing, or we're supposed to believe that all seven people have somehow slept until 2.30 in the afternoon, which just seems fucking impossible to me dude they were outside 
partying for the entire night. Yeah, I mean, if you go to bed at seven, you could wake. Sleep you could wake up. And they're also food. all they were all hungover. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know. Priorities, man. You want to go to that football game? You set an alarm. Yeah, he's I don't think that... I, he, no one else wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> They're all here for him. Yeah. There's just so many weird, like, that's kind of weird. The fact that they're like, oh, my God, that smells terrible. I need to find oh, yeah. the source oh, for dude, that. You are, you are running through all my notes. Oh, Jesus Christ. But, like. But like for real, like, and and then you find out that it's the smell of rat, rotting carcasses. Why would you ever want to find the source of that smell versus just I don't know getting away from the source of that smell? Okay, so here, you gotta let me take over for just like two minutes, here, buddy. <laughs> take so, the wheel. So the first time that the the demon wind comes in and and they're, <laughs> and they're like, oh, what's that smell? And uh, uh what's what's the uh, Paris Hilton's boyfriend who's like. I think he's supposed to be a football player. I don't know. He's like, something's dead out there. No, no, no I'm sorry. Uh, Jared Padalecki's like, oh, something's dead out there. And then the the jock guy's like, no, something's dead right here. Better drink it back to life. Bless me, dog. And then Chad Michael Murray fucking throws him a brew. It's great. <laughs> it's awesome. And then, okay, so you can talk as much shit as you want about Paris Hilton, Okay. She first of all, she's a phenomenal marketer because she has marketed her idiot airhead character persona <laughs> to being a fucking billionaire. So she's also the smartest person in this movie. She is the only character not interested in investigating that nearby murder house. She's the only character that says, "Yeah, let's go follow the smell." When yeah. Elijah Alicia Cuthbert is like, "I have to find out where I this murder house." Know. Yeah, I don't dumb understand. shit. I don't understand why you guys are so confused by this. You know how many times I've walked in on my dad pooping just something <laughs> got in beagle mode? I said, what's that? Better go investigate. And then yeah, I just you're get like on a all fours. Human. Yeah, get on all fours. I'm just sniffing the ground. <laughs> oh, um, Jesus. Oh, the Kelly house is a weird one. I've been there. No, it's it's. <laughs> It, you know, I think we all like Texas Chainsaw Massacre so much because it's basically just like watching home video. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, so they find so Elijah Cuthbert falls in hands first into this muck. It's just oh. and it's super gross. It's I mean, really like, gross. <laughs> I know that it's, it's the not grossest real thing in this movie. I know it's not real. Honestly, like I, I my logic is is in full swing right here. It's still really gross. And <laughs> I'm just imagining how bad it smells and how you can't get out because you're in a terrible position. And then so they finally get her out. And then um, <laughs> she sees this hand. And, of course, you're like, oh, that's a red herring. And so the creepy uh, sling blade motherfucker. What's what's that's I think his movie. name's Lester, mm-hmm. but I, I can't remember. He's he's probably my favorite character in the movie, honestly. Well, I mean, it's hard to dislike him because he's such a goober. But um, so he comes and he, go, he grabs the hand, pulls it off. It's obviously a mannequin hand. He goes, anyone need a hand? And I'm like, how many <laughs> times have we had that joke happen on horror movie night? At least, Too many. At least six times. More than Look, a handful. Movie- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, this movie's got a lot of like horror movie classic going on because the they extensively reference whatever happened to Baby, Baby Jane, Jane, yep, which is like first ten episodes of this show, yeah. <laughs> but that's just like I do love what. So here's the thing: 
let's let's be honest. If Ambrose was a real place, like there was really like a wax town that you could walk around, I would fucking go. I'd be there. I'd be, I'd be there so fast. Because like, here's the thing. At the time that this episode has come out, I will just be getting back from New England. And I'm doing like a week travel around New England. And the shit that's on my list to see is some of the most touristy bullshit imaginable. <laughs> I'm going to see a thing called Eartha, which is the world's largest revolving globe. <laughs> like, what? I'm, I'm, is this your decision? To, this is my decision. I'm going to go to Santa's Village because it's the only Santa Claus-themed amusement park in the United States. <laughs> like, I'm just checking off the list of really, really shitty tourist traps. Uh, and that's what Ambrose is. Oh, God honestly. damn it. You just told me what your fucking double feature is. Uh, maybe not. Um, yeah, bullshit. So, it's okay. I wasn't going to pick that anyway. Look, just because someone's heart explodes with fear. When <laughs> <they're getting laughs> the um, but no, so like the one thing I always remembered about this movie because it fucked me up so bad and it still bothers me now is that Achilles tendon cut. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, oh. and like, how many times have we seen Achilles tendon kill shots in in horror movies? Like, way too many times. I, I'm I'm remembering and it works the one every from, time. Yeah, there's that that one that always comes to mind is the one in Urban Legend. Oh, mine's always the well, Pet Cemetery and the remake both have. But oh, 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 the one in in the remake of Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. oh, it always gets you, and I don't understand what it is about that specific cut. But I don't know anybody who can sit through it and just be like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you can get those, your face peeled off, but not your fucking Achilles heel cut. Those fuck me up to this day. I, I can't, um, I can't sleep with my feet hanging over a bed. Well, you, of, of course that. not, because a monster's gonna eat you. Yeah, <laughs> or just slice my Achilles. Ugh. They don't. Yeah. They're only gonna do whatever hurts the most. So yes. Yeah. yeah. But. I will say the thing that works the most for me in this whole movie in in the sense of like, I actually really think that it's gross, but it's successful in its grossness. Everything that happens to the dude from Jared Padalecki uh, from Supernatural. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah like that, that, that shower is, oh, is horrific. Oh, but see, this that's what I'm saying is like, this is just a really, really mean spirited film, not just to women. Everybody who gets killed is, well... The stoner guy gets uh, gets off pretty easy because he just gets his he gets decapitated. Um, I I do like the look of that kill; it's pretty fun. Um, but the, the yeah, Jared Padalecki that is one of the worst ways to go that we've seen in a movie that we're discussing in quite some time. I just don't get how he's still alive. Okay, so yeah, that's the suspension of disbelief because there's no <laughs> fucking way that your body wouldn't like just. You'd go into septic shock, and you because your like, heart would explode with fear <laughs> or pain. But uh, yeah, dude, I, there's no way that he'd still be alive when when the stoner is like peeling. That was the dumbest shit too. Is the stoner peeling? Yeah, touching. Let it. me get you. Yeah, like I'd be like, ah, 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 ah. I, I was yeah. I was actually watching it like cringing my face off because he was losing his face. But yeah, I was like, God damn, please stop. Um, I, I literally wrote down, Jesus Christ, stop touching the wax, like. The first time that you peeled off the skin and saw like the muscle, it'd be like, okay, this plan's not going to work. I should stop doing this. Yeah, but it's okay because he's the stoner. Oh, you know what else is a super cringeworthy moment? When Alicia, God, you really fucked me up. Alicia Cuthbert gets her finger cut off. Oh my God. It's But like you said, it's so 
it's just all so mean-spirited and it it bothers it genuinely bothers me and i'm glad that we're gone that this this style of horror filmmaking is no longer in vogue because i hated it (laughs) so and i so we mentioned what happened to baby jane a a little bit ago and i feel like there's going to be scott on one side and me on the other but watching the i've written a letter to daddy sequence I was like, man, I really do want to watch Baby Jane again. I I love how weird that scene is. Um, oh, it's a great film. I just don't feel the urge to watch it ever again. <laughs> it's just uh, too it's too dark, you know. Like it's just too dark for me. But let's get let's get into the actual killer, Vincent, because a obviously a reference to Vincent. Wait, Price. no, there's there's two killers. Okay, well, Bo and Vincent, but like yeah. the the main person we're focusing on, they're yeah, played by the same guy. Mm-hmm. but like I, I do I like the fact that they're Siamese twins I think it's a cool twist mm-hmm. I think that the makeup for Vincent's half missing face is incredible like, are you talking about when he hair? has the, so is, th- that's a I didn't pause or rewatch I didn't have time to, to, to like go back when they peel his face off is that CGI or is that practical because I think it's CGI it's probably CGI but it still looks really good and I like the idea that they were Attached by the face of Siamese twins, so Vincent had to lose half of his face, yeah, to separate them. So he's just got like it just looks like his face is indented midway, yeah. And it's really it's a it's an effective look, and they were smart with only showing it As for maybe five seconds, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it was, I forgot they that they actually linger. pulled his face off. I I like the the wax face a lot. It, it kind of yeah. has a bit of a leather face thing when he's. Re, when he heats up the spoon and he does, you know, his crack cocaine, and then he. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm like. I'm like, what lights up the spoon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, he 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 eats up the spoon and then fixes his face because uh, Paris Hilton or somebody scratched him. But um, yeah, I I think that it's a really there, there's so much good in this movie, and that's why I really wanted to discuss it. But it's also there's so much mean in it that it's just really hard to defend. And yeah. I feel like if we like, because we said this does this shouldn't be two hours. I wonder if it was trimmed down to like an eighty-five minute movie. If you could get rid of some of the meanness, get rid of like the character development that doesn't really exist, but it I thinks don't, it does. It's, you know, you can like, keep the character development, but just tighten up the scenes when they're walking around. Alicia Cuthbert and Chad Michael Murray spend fifteen minutes walking around trying to figure out what to do. It's so stupid. Well, and like, I mean, not that I think that like horror is all about the kills. You know, like there's plenty of movies where no one dies, but it's just a very good horror movie. This movie is but about be- the kills. <laughs> But between Paris Hilton's death and them killing the character, like the main villains, there is a full 30 to 40 minutes wow. of just chasing and them trying to hide and escape from these two yeah. brothers. And it's just too long. It's way too long. The But like you said, the visual, when they actually burn down this wax house and it's all melting, is really, really cool. But I am going to say something that maybe Brian will agree with. I know Scott won't. I still think, even though these are actual human bodies in the waxes, they're melting. Mm-hmm. It isn't as creepy to me as when I was a kid in the first five minutes of the original House of Wax, when the ha- wax sculptures are melting and it's just regular wax sculptors, sculptors. But it's like the red and the white and the wigs are like slowly peeling off their head and stuff. It fucked me up so bad as a kid, and it's still kind of creepy to watch as an adult. And this one just felt too like. 
on the nose with it. Like it's like, oh look, there's skeletons underneath. Well, the I like the but... fact that some of them are gooey underneath and some of them are dry underneath because yeah, that means which is a cool detail. So long. Well, it's a good detail. It's just kind of like, as far as was it creepy and off-putting to me? It wasn't nearly as off-putting. It's, it's just not supposed real to be off-putting. Statues. It's supposed <laughs> to be grotesque. That's really the the. It's hard to compare the two movies because they have two very very different. <laughs> and goals. Yeah, like one is to, to one is to horrify and one is to gross out. Like this is definitely it, a gross out film. I mean, and I think that's why I always do have love for that original movie is that it's just such a it's such it's a, a Vincent Price time, though, so of course it's it, good. Yeah. Well, it's a time capsule of what like fifties horror was so good at. You know what I mean? Like was that Hammer? A, no, that was I forget who did that, but that was I remember it was the first three D film. Oh, that really? was like his big oh, thing was that was the first ever 3D film. But it's just such like I remember watching someone review it and they were like, it's a mystery film while like not being a mystery film because we all know who's the killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like they depict it as a mystery anyway, because it's just a very 50s thing to do. Like if I needed to show someone what I think is like the most 1950s horror, like House of Wax is pretty high up there on the slide across the table. <laughs> like here. <laughs> Yeah. I got this what is, you need, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think we all said the same thing. Like, I'm not mad that I watched it, but, you know, this is probably going to sit on my DVD shelf for years collecting dust until I either sell Set it at a convention or never watch it again. And it just sits there. You know what I mean? What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. So that was House of Wax. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I'll knock out my double feature since Scott already guessed it. Yeah, Taurus Trap is That's a, a really solid great double, double feature. feature though. It's a really good. <laughs> it's better than mine. Mine was going to be uh is going to be Black Xmas because oh, of nice. those intro scenes with the the fucked up kids. So, um and, and they both kind of fall into that like remake in the most loose term possible for like it being a remake of its original source. But to be completely fair or completely honest rather, I would take Black Xmas any day over House of Wax. Although I think they're both 2005, um, or they're close. I don't, I'm not exactly. Maybe Black Xmas is 2011. But in any case, Black Xmas is also pretty mean spirited, but it does have a lot of humor in it, which really yeah. is a great bit of levity. Because- I was really scared that I thought you were about to say that you will take Black Xmas any day over Black Christmas. Fuck like, no! I know that. I was like, I know you like that remake, but let's be sincere. No <laughs> way, dude! Black Christmas is arguably the best holiday horror of all time. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's it's beautifully paced. It sucks because it's 
it's one of those ones where I'm like, there's really no way we could ever do it on the show nope. because it's not bombastic. It's just good. Yeah. Um, Which is not what we do. <laughs> no. Ryan, what's your double feature? So as you guys may have noticed, I, I didn't talk much this episode because I didn't really like this movie, but I also didn't really hate it. It just was there. <laughs> it's um, a movie. You also watched it at midnight until two in the morning, yeah. which is not your normal bedtime. No, no, it's <laughs> not. So I would pair it with uh, the remake of The Hills Have Eyes. Ugh, that's also super mean spirited. Very mean spirited. I didn't. I didn't really like it. I didn't really hate it. The only thing that the Hills Have Eyes remake has a little bit more than House of Wax is the original Hills Have Eyes. I didn't really like or didn't really hate. Yeah, so, I think that the remake is slightly better than the original with The Hills Have Eyes, just because I think that The Hills Have Eyes is probably my least favorite of the famous Wes Craven movies. Yeah. I just think it's kind of just kind of there. It's very boring and slow. One time watch. <laughs> That's also a really mean movie. Like, there, all these movies are just so fucking mean. I hate The Hills Have Eyes. I don't understand yeah. the cult obsession with it because it's just a it's not a fun movie. No. Yeah, no, it's 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 I think it's one of the least fun Wes Craven movies because Wes Craven movies usually have some aspect of fun. Yeah. I mean, that was also like Last House on the Left error, but still. Um, so as far as like new shit that we've seen that we want to talk about, um, I mean, like we said, for me, I think that this should be like a positive. Hey, here's something that you should check out. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if Brian's going to join me on this or not. Oh, Game of but, Thrones? <laughs> well, no, I was going to say last night I saw Aladdin, and it's getting oh. a lot of shit. And I think that all in all, it was a really good movie. Me too. Um, my only beef is that, and, and maybe this was just me, but it feels like they knew that the actor playing Aladdin and that Will Smith weren't strong singers, so they just kind of spoke the lyrics. They did the, they did the Rex Harrison. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, so that bummed me out. But the girl who played Jasmine is gorgeous yes. and has an amazing voice. Great oh, voice. yeah. And what's okay. what's funny is um, I really was not excited for Will Smith. I just didn't I didn't really care to see him as the genie. I didn't think that he would pull it off. And this movie started to lose me. Like, I, I was watching it and I just started to be like, man, I guess I guess all the critics were right. This movie isn't that good. And then as soon as the genie came out. Will Smith immediately grabbed my attention and held it for the rest of the movie. And it well, wasn't just it. him, but I'm just saying yeah. like, that is when I start to be like, okay, so this is almost becoming like a shot for shot remake that they just made. There's certain things that they made more up to date that you couldn't get away with anymore. Like the whole bracelet thing they use as opposed to the original classic Disney where Jasmine steals an apple, so Aladdin pretends that she's mentally retarded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think what I liked, and I realized it like midway through, I'm like, oh, this is really smart. Instead of having Will Smith show up and just do a Robin Williams impression as the genie. He's got like, a Will Smith impression? <laughs> well, no, they're like, hey, how about the genies just hitch with magic? Yeah. And like, I <laughs> did, did you not hear what I just said? <laughs> um, the other big thing that I kind of walked away from enjoying the movie for was just it's a visual. It's a very visually fun remake. Like, I, I think that it's just fun. It, it's there's a lot of fun little um, 
There's a lot of like Easter eggs throughout mm-hmm. it that I like. And there was one Easter egg that I saw it with th- two friends. One friend and I caught it and the other one missed it. But you've seen the footage of like Aladdin, the genie hanging out in the desert together. And if you look in the background, the magic lamp builds a castle out of sand. Yeah, I saw that. And it's the yeah. Disney castle. And then he smacks the dirt so it makes the pixie dust thing over it, like the way the Disney logo does before everyone. Oh, opens. nice. Mm-hmm. But it's like so quick. Like it's just in the background. They don't draw attention to it. Yeah, I caught that. I caught three. I, I yeah. caught that. I caught when he was showing the hierarchy. It was the original drawings of Aladdin, the yeah. um, the Sultan, Latin, the and, Sultan and the yeah. genie. And then I caught, obviously, the in-your-face Easter egg on the map when he did the Fantasyland. With yeah, the, he made the, the map console. Yeah, to add uh, whatever fake area Aladdin's supposed to be king of. Um, he makes the map just literally the map for Walt Disney World. So there's like Adventureland, Fantasyland, like all that on there. <laughs> that's that's some recursive shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that so Aladdin, I mean, despite what the critics say, I think it was it was fine. I don't think it was amazing, but it was fine. Is yeah. it really supposed to be amazing? Oh, wasn't the live action um is the live action Lion King coming out this summer too? Yeah, July. yeah, that's in like a month or so. Yeah. And how was the live action Dumbo? You said it was okay? I liked it. it. It's fine. It it like these are also the unnecessary, original, you know. Yeah, you have to remember the original Dumbo is about sixty minutes long and has twenty minutes of really really racist awful things. Oh shit! So so the remake removed those twenty minutes and then expanded on it in a Tim Burtony way. So like it's totally fine. Uh, I enjoyed it. There's a lot more Dumbo flying in it versus the original. Oh, that's one, where Dumbo said, yeah. flies in the last minute. Uh. So. <laughs> But all right, Brian, do you want to just include Aladdin as yours or do you have another one? Um, I'm just going to throw this in there. It's not anything new. Just to just to let everyone know where I'm at in my life. Boy, have I been on a Gordon Ramsay kick and do I love Kitchen <laughs> Nightmares. I make them watch it every night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Scott, what was what was your recommend? Okay, so I don't have a recommend for you. I have because I blew my load last week with uh, Twilight Zone and the Unicorn Store. So I have a, I watched this, you know, kind of thing. This <laughs> is right. a movie. Um, I finally watched John Carter, John Carter of Mars. Um, I was thinking John Wick. I'm yeah. like, the Keanu Reeves movie? I have not seen any of those. I don't watch action flicks, my friend. I know. That's why I was confused. All right, John Carter makes a little, that's a little bit more on brand for you. It's, Continue. it's absolutely on brand. It's just sci-fi <laughs> shit. But here's the thing that I liked about it. Uh, I, I, it. It really did get unfairly panned because the, the name is shit. It's based on Edgar Rice Burroughs. Edgar, Ed, Edgar Rice Burroughs? I think that's how you say his name. Um, book series uh, called John Carter, Prince of Mars or something like that. Or John Carter of Mars, whatever it is. I think it was John Carter of Mars. Yeah, but they they like drop the of Mars part, which just makes it such a terrible name for John Carter. Like that's just such I, a shit name for a movie. I have to double check, but I think it was because something else space related had come out within the year and bombed. So they wanted to like hide that it was a space movie. Yeah, well, you, you can't when you got a space <laughs> opera going on right there, okay? Uh, it's not even a space <laughs> opera. It's literally be like beaming yourself back and forth between Earth and Mars. But um, <clears throat> so the thing I like most about it, besides the fact that he can 
basically jump like Superman, the original Superman, because Mars's gravity is so much lighter. Uh, and he's like got denser bones. And so he's like a superhero there. It was very funny. Um, the thing I really like is the woman, the romantic lead um, is super hot because she's actually a blonde. So she's got blue eyes, but they gave her brown hair, which is very much my thing. Um, so I, I, she kind of has a Xena warrior princess, Lucy Lawless thing going on. And um, I definitely dug it. And I, uh, I sent a picture to Megan the next morning and I was like, honey, you want to know why I liked that movie that I was watching in bed last night? Cause she was like falling asleep next to me. She didn't watch <laughs> it. Uh, and I sent her a picture and she's like, yep. I know exactly why. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't suggest watching it, but it's on Netflix. And if you're trying to fall asleep, put on John Carter of Mars. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, that was the House of Wax. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was very mean-spirited. We weren't really the biggest fans, but we didn't hate it, I guess. I don't know. Um, but we are going to talk about remakes a little bit more over on the Patreon. So go ahead and go to patreon.com backslash HMN podcast and listen to our, our thoughts and opinions on remakes. Hey, and, um, and also here, here is a special bonus for everyone right here. If you can guess what this sound is correctly, good job. But this is my impression of what we want you to do at Patreon. <laughs> that's that's me putting fake money in my hand, not masturbating <laughs> and, and definitely not clapping. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Give us give us a couple bucks so that we can go to more conventions and see you. Yeah, because we've been having fun with the conventions, man. There's going to be a few more around the horizon. Actually, it's worth mentioning that I will once again be at San Diego Comic Con. So come over to San Diego Comic Con. It sounds like there will be a signing of Jatro. Yeah, he at our table. He was on it our episode like of Night of the Comet. If you didn't listen, he was. There's going to be a signing of Becca and David McKendry at our table. They were on our episode of um, Society. Society, yeah. There we go. Uh, we're probably going to be having a signing of Jason and Ashley of the Geek History Lesson podcast, who haven't been on this show, but they have graciously had me on their show in the past nice. uh, to talk about the top five greatest horror villains. So they're a great show to check out. They're awesome people. And there's a lot of other things that I've been reaching out uh, maybe trying to get some of the people from Cam or maybe getting our buddy Brent Simmons to sign at our table or a few other folks that live in the California area. So the Geekscape table is going to have a lot of horror movie night representation, probably some trading cards, probably a new shirt. So Definitely some trading cards. Make sure that you are going and checking out that shit and finding out what's going on by visiting our Facebook and social media accounts. Uh, it's all HMN podcast as well as our website, HMNpodcast.com. Uh, so we did out of the dark a couple episodes ago, and it was because we had to push something back because it seems like it may have been a cursed movie, but we're, we're going to take a shot in the dark and we're going to watch this cursed movie next week. So, Stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.
What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 